in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So tonight my teaching is going to be on consecration to St. Joseph during this year of St. Joseph. Father announced last weekend that the bishop is going to consecrate the Diocese of Marquette to St. Joseph on the eve of the Feast of All Saints Day. So on October 31st at the cathedral he is going to consecrate the diocese and he has asked all of the priests in the um, Diocese of Marquette to join from their individual parishes and consecrate with him. And he has asked all of the laity to prepare for this consecration by doing this consecration to St. Joseph by Father Donald Calloway 33 days in advance of October 31st. So I'm hoping that even if we have done this, we can all join together in the prayer group and encourage people that we know to join us in this consecration. So when Father Corey prays this on October 31st in union with the bishop, we are really joining together and it will mean so much more. So I'm going to be reading out of this Father Calloway's book, but also I'm going to be reading about the life of St. Joseph out of this book called The Man God Called Father, and this book is taken, excerpts taken from um, The City of God by Mary of Agrita, and she has been declared venerable by the church, and her writings have been declared free from error. Her body is preserved incorrupt in Agrita. Her work, The City of God, has appeared in over 60 editions in Spanish, Italian, French, Portuguese, German, Latin, Arabic, Greek, Polish, and English. So it is a very reliable source. The Catholic Church has backed this. Um, and my goal is, through the intercession of the Holy Family, to increase our love and our desire to grow in knowledge and love and honor of St. Joseph so that we can increase in our faith, hope, and love, and grow in all the virtues to the glory of God the Father. In the 16th century, St. John of the Cross, one of the greatest mystics of the church, humbly acknowledged that he lacked a proper understanding of the greatness of St. Joseph. Inspired by the tremendous love that his friend, St. Teresa of Avila, had for St. Joseph, St. John of the Cross made a firm resolution to get to know and love St. Joseph better. Consecration to St. Joseph is going to unveil the wonders of St. Joseph like never before. Now is the time for St. Joseph. In the Holy Church's worship, right from the beginning, Jesus, the word of God made man has enjoyed the adoration that belongs to him, incommunicable as the splendor of the substance of his father, a splendor reflected in the glory of his saints. From the earliest times, Mary, his mother, was close behind him in the pictures, in the catacombs, and the basilicas, where she was devoutly venerated as holy mother of God, 
but Joseph, except for some slight sprinkling of references to him here and there in the writings of the fathers of the church, for long centuries remained in the background in his characteristic concealment, almost as a decorative figure in the overall picture of the Savior's life. It took time for devotion to him to go beyond those passing forth in the form of special prayers and of a profound sense. Oh, hang on, sorry. It took time for the devotion to him to go beyond those passing glances and take root in the hearts of the faithful and then surge forth in the form of special prayers and of a profound sense of trusting abandonment. The fervent joy of pouring forth these deepest feelings of the heart in so many impressive ways has been saved for modern times. What the Vicar of Christ clearly stated, this was said by Pope John XXIII. What he stated in that, in that quote is that now is the time for St. Joseph. He was hidden for all these years, and now people are discovering that it is his time, and there is a great power and grace given to us through our devotion to St. Joseph. Blessed Jean Joseph Lataste wrote a letter to Pope Pius IX asking him to declare St. Joseph the patron of the Universal Church. That was in 1868, and in 1870, Blessed Pope Pius IX declared St. Joseph the patron of the Universal Church. And then there is a list of all of these things that took place after this. And in 1917, during the miracle of the sun at Fatima, St. Joseph appeared with, with Mary and the baby Jesus as the Holy Family. And that is significant because the Holy Mother said that the final attack will be against the family, and the Holy Family came to Fatima to show us that they were going to be there to protect us. Who is St. Joseph? According to the litany of St. Joseph, St. Joseph is the noble offspring of David. He is the light of the patriarchs, the spouse of the mother of God, the chaste guardian of the virgin, the foster father of the son of God, zealous defender of Christ, head of the holy family. He is most just, most chaste, most prudent, most courageous, most obedient, and most faithful. He is a mirror of patience, lover of poverty, model of workmen, glory of domestic life, guardian of virgins, pillar of families, comfort of the afflicted, hope of the sick, patron of the dying, terror of demons, and protector of the holy church of God. And so during this time when I I think it's a great time of mercy because I feel like the Lord is revealing the truth in the world and the state of the church now more than he now more than ever before and we are seeing very clearly whose side everybody is on. And I think this is due in a great part to the intercession of Saint Joseph. St. Joseph, at his betrothal to the Blessed Virgin Mary, was 33 years old. This is from this book, taken from the, the excerpts from the City of God. 
He was 33 years old, handsome, pleasing of countenance, modest, grave, chaste in thought and conduct. He made and kept a vow of chastity from his 12th year. Joseph, as was Mary, was the race of, the, of David and the tribe of Judah. One day he assembled with other specially chosen men in the temple, where one of them was to be chosen as the Blessed Virgin's spouse. He alone thought himself unworthy, and moreover, not forgetting his vow of chastity, he abandoned all to God's will. Although all the men held a rod in their hands, Joseph's alone blossomed. A dove rested on his head, and God interiorly spoke to him, Joseph, my servant, Mary shall be thy spouse. Accept her with attentive reverence, for she is acceptable in my eyes, just and most pure in soul and body, and thou shalt do all that she shall say to thee. Entering more, beautiful than an angel, Mary, a spouse to Joseph by priests, sorrowfully leaving the temple, wherein she had spent a life consecrated to God since the age of three. But sacrificing her inclinations, Mary, with Joseph, started for Nazareth. The Blessed Virgin Mary humbly and earnestly spoke of her desire to keep her perpetual vow of, of chastity, whereby she had consecrated body and soul to God, her spouse and Lord. She asked Joseph, likewise, to offer this acceptable sacrifice to God and promised him her faithful services. Joyfully, Joseph answered, My mistress, in making known to me thy chaste and welcome sentiments, thou hast penetrated and dilated my heart. I have not opened my thoughts to thee before knowing thy own. I also acknowledge myself under greater obligation, the Lord of creation, than other men. For very early he has called me, by his true enlightenment, to love him with an upright heart, and I desire thee to know, lady, that at the age of twelve years I also made a promise to serve the Most High in perpetual chastity. On this account, I now gladly ratify this vow, in order not to impede my own, thy own. In the presence of his majesty, I promise to aid thee as far as in my, me lies in serving him and loving him according to thy full desires. I will be, with the divine grace, thy most faithful servant and companion, and I pray thee accept my chaste love and hold me as thy brother without ever entertaining any other kind of love outside the one which thou owest to God, and after God, to me. I wanted to read that because of the fact that we know here that Mary was ever virgin, and Joseph made that vow of chastity but it was made not as a sacrifice, it was made as a joyful gift. They were so grateful and joyful to be giving their, all their love to God first and then to live as brother and sister, but to um, protect and to serve each other in, in their marriage as a husband and wife ought to. 
it also says in here how when um, Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant with Jesus, he wanted to divorce her quietly, not because he didn't trust her, not because he was angry with her, but because he felt unworthy to be the father of the Savior. And he never, ever was angry with the Holy Mother, and he never doubted her faithfulness to God. He never doubted her, her perpetual virginity. And then it was then when the angel of the Lord came to him and asked him, told him not to be afraid that she was carrying the child of God, he knew at that time he was given a great grace to know that um, he was chosen just like the Holy Mother was chosen. He was chosen to be the father of Jesus, and so he was able to accept that responsibility um, and that honor. But he was so humble that he, it, it, that, was a, that was what the struggle was about. While they were in Jerusalem, after five days, this is after the presentation in the temple, God revealed that Mary was to flee with her son and St. Joseph to Egypt on a very trying journey since the murderous Herod was seeking them. Joseph and Mary knew that God could annihilate Herod in an instant, but they also knew that Christ and his followers were to be persecuted till the end of time and that we should not always expect miracles of deliverance, but rather always obey God, even if it means loss of life. Neither should we have expected God to save the innocent children from Herod, since by their martyrdom they obtained eternal life. Had they been saved by a miracle, some would have eventually lost their souls. The infant Jesus wept a little to show his grateful he was grateful to Mary and Joseph for their sorrow upon seeing that the men who needed this sweet Savior most were the ones that were actually seeking to kill him. When Mary tried to console her little infant with sweet prayers, I have to tell you this in the, in the book in the beginning, it says that Jesus and Mary conversed with each other right from the beginning. He was vocally verbal with the Holy Mother, but not with St. Joseph. So when Mary tried to console her little infant with sweet prayers, he replied, All the labors, O Mother, and all fatigue are most light and sweet to me, since I undergo them for the honor of my eternal Father and for the instruction and redemption of men, especially in thy company. Nevertheless, he wept several times, and his holy mother understood that these tears were caused by his compassion for the salvation of men and their ingratitude. The fortunate Joseph witnessed these divine mysteries and received much consolation in his anxieties. Something we must pay attention to here is that loving, patient, meek lamb Jesus prayed for the very one who was seeking his life. Although Herod was not saved, his punishment was greatly lessened, as did our Lord. We must pray for our enemies. Besides those who persecute us, do us a great favor 
since they give us a chance to imitate our Savior and gain merit. So we have to remember that when we're persecuted. We have to remember that because we are going to be persecuted and we have to remember that these persecutions are being allowed for us to grow in merit and they are actually a blessing to us. And it's not easy to remember that when we're in the midst of our, our persecution. So we can ask the Holy Family and our guardian angels to remind us that when we're being persecuted, remember that this is a blessing and it helps us, helps us to grow. All through the desert trip, they had only the open sky for shelter, and it was a time for winter. St. Joseph did his best, the best that he could in making a shelter for Jesus and Mary with some sticks and his own cloak. Mary knew that Jesus was offering to the Father her sufferings and Joseph's also. She united her acts of worship with his. This is our obligation and blessed opportunity too. St. Joseph always caring for them and ignoring his own comfort, slept on the ground with his head on their chest for clothes and other articles. If in time their food ran short so that they had to beg assistance of their Heavenly Father in order to continue the proper care of their little child, God did not answer right away, but rather also allowed storms to afflict them. So they're in the desert and they're hungry and they know they're caring for the Son of God and they know the baby's hungry, Jesus the Messiah, and they're begging God for help. Help us to feed our baby, help us to feed ourselves. And God hears their prayers and he sends a storm. And Mary commanded the, affliction, commanded the storm to only afflict her and her alone. After patient suffering with love and humble prayers, the Holy Family was relieved of both inclement weather and hunger. Hunger, too, as the angels came with more than they asked for. We learn from this, God always assists us in our needs if we only trusted in him instead of creatures or greedy haste or dishonest ways. Moreover, men often seek that which is merely for show to others instead of limiting themselves to what is strictly necessary. Because of the mysterious plans of God, the Holy Family traveled in a roundabout way in the flight into Egypt in order to allow the infant Savior to visit and sanctify so many hitherto idolatrous places. This trip actually consumed more than 50 days or more than 200 leagues. A league constitutes approximately three miles, a statu three statute miles. A statute mile is the regular mile of 5,280 feet. They're just trying to give you an idea of how far they traveled. About 600 miles. Thus, from the arms of his blessed mother, the divine Savior routed out and threw down the demons and their idols as he passed from town to town, while St. Joseph, witnessed, marveled, and praised God for the divine deliverance of so many inhabitants. As they continued on, when Jesus was about a year old, Mary, okay, so this isn't the first time 
Jesus, Joseph held Jesus, but this is what happened when, at this moment. When Mary let St. Joseph hold the infant Savior, St. Joseph would forget all the hardships of his labor, and they would seem sweet and easy to him. Do we perform our duties for him and offer them to him? Remember, we are Joseph, as Joseph can often even daily hold him in Mass and in Holy Communion. Most Holy Mother Mary, after our Lord, had brought so many idols crashing down, constantly instructed and healed people. But after they had lived there two years, St. Joseph began to cure the sick and instruct the increasing number of those afflicted in body and soul. St. Joseph ordinarily taught and cured the men, and Mary, the women. These holy laborers received many gifts from the people which they gave to the poor, and they continued to live off the earnings of St. Joseph. Most Holy Mary instructs us here by saying that we need not seek occasions in laboring for the salvation of our neighbors, for the Lord will send them, except in some extraordinary circumstances, but we should seek to exert our influence upon all, not presuming to take upon ourselves the office of teacher, but of the one that seeks to console and the one that pities the hardships of her brothers, as one who, with much reserve and humility and with great charity, seeks to exhort them to patience, pray without ceasingly for those to whom you cannot speak. I just want to read one more thing in here. When different women informed Mary that they had seen her gracious, beautiful son on different errands of mercy and consolation to the poor and sick, still not finding him, this is when they lost him in Jerusalem, and she was consoled when she was looking for him, because different women would come up to her and say, I saw your son. And he was doing, you know, this is when he was consoling the sick and the poor. But she didn't know where he was, but these women would console her because then she was like, oh, they saw him, so he must be okay. However, she knew one of the other place, she knew one other place he would certainly visit, the temple of his heavenly father, her angels now encouraged her to go there as her sorrowful search was coming to an end. It was at this time that the glorious patriarch St. Joseph met his spouse, for they had separated in order to increase the chances of finding the divine child. During all these days, St. Joseph had suffered unspeakable sorrow and affliction. Hastening from one place to another, he was in serious danger of losing his life during this time. If the hand of the Lord had not strengthened him, and if the most prudent lady had not consoled him and forced him to take some food and rest, his sincere and exquisite love for the divine child made him so anxious and solicitous to find him that he would have allowed himself no time to care to take nourishment for the support of his own self. Following the advice of the angels, most holy mother and Joseph betook themselves to the temple. In connection with this sorrow of Joseph and Mary, our mother teaches us this wisdom. I was deprived of the bodily presence of my most holy son, but although I was in hope of again finding him, yet in my great love, the uncertainty as to the cause of his withdrawal gave me no rest until I found him. 
In this I wish that thou imitate me, whether thou lose him through thy own fault or by the disposition of his own will. So great should be thy dread of losing him through thy fault, that neither tribulation, nor trouble, nor necessity, nor danger, nor persecution, nor the sword, neither height nor depth should ever withhold thee from seeking after thy God. For if thou art faithful as thou shouldst be, and if thou dost not wish to lose him, neither the angels, nor the principalities, nor the powers, nor any other creatures can ever deprive thee of him. So strong are the bonds of his love and its chains that no one can burst them except thy own free will. So if anybody wants to borrow this book and read it, I, I, I want to share it with everybody because it helped me to understand just how humble and so close to complete perfection St. Joseph was in his love for God and his care for Jesus and Mary and just how much we all need to know and, and love him and honor him. And I wrote down, I passed out these papers with um, different things on them to help us to honor St. Joseph on the first Wednesdays of the month, but just like Fridays are given to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and Saturdays are given to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Wednesdays of every month and the 19th of every month are given to honor St. Joseph. And so I just wanted to give these little things out to help us to have something, some kind of reference to honor him, and maybe we can start doing this after Mass on Wednesday mornings. And those of us that can't come to Mass because of work can just do it sometime throughout the day. Um, there's several special times during the year to honor St. Joseph. December 27th, the Feast of the Holy Family. March 19th is the Solemnity of St. Joseph, the Spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary. May 1st is the Optional Memorial of St. Joseph the Worker, and this was put in place to combat communism. Because communism teaches us not to work and to receive and just wait for somebody to give you something. But there's great honor in working, and the Lord wants us to be hard workers. So that's why the Feast of St. Joseph was given to us on May 1st. Um, and like I said, the 19th of each month and every Wednesday. And then there's a devotion to give St. Joseph honor on, on seven consecutive Sundays. We do the first Friday devotions and the first Saturday devotions, and we can do the seven Sunday devotion by offering um, our Holy Communion, to receive Holy Communion in honor of St. Joseph, and to pray in honor of St. Joseph, the se his seven joys and his seven sorrows. So I hope that these few things have helped us and encouraged you to join in the consecration to St. Joseph. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, does anybody have anything?